Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. And so we've been talking about the seven commands of Christ and the umbrella over all these commands is just obey Jesus. If he's calling you to repent and believe, obey him. If he's calling you to be baptized, obey him. If he's calling you to observe the Lord's Supper and remember what he's done for you, obey him. And then today, he's calling you to pray. And if he's calling you to pray, then obey him. There's nothing better than obeying Jesus. Like there, the reward that comes when we walk in true obedience, Belinda just gave us an example of what it looks like when we walk that way. And so we're going to be talking about prayer, and we're going to be using the Lord's Prayer, which we just prayed just a moment ago, to walk through that together. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we'll start at verse 5. And so for those of you that are new, um, that are here for the first time, what we've been doing is we've been talking about uh, as we go through these commands, it's, it's like we want to pretend like we are we're meeting somebody new for the first time that has never heard the gospel. They've never heard the good news of Jesus. And we're walking them step by step on what it looks like to follow this Jesus that we're talking about. And so the first thing has to be to repent and believe. And so once we've done that, then we take the next step. And you don't go too fast. So you got to wait till they're ready. You know, we got to wait till they're ready to take that step. And then when they are, then we say, all right, now the next thing God's asking you to do is this. And so today, what he's asking you to do is to develop a life of prayer. And maybe many of you have already done that. Everybody has their own routine, I would guess, whether it be first thing in the morning or late at night or both or when you're driving or when you're hunting or when you're at a sporting event or whatever. You're all going to be praying about 520 today, all right? Right, a kickoff. You're going to be praying. We're all going to be praying for the Chiefs to win. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm guessing God loves us all, Chiefs and 49ers, probably more Chiefs. I don't know. I'm just not, I don't know that for sure. But Matthew chapter 5, or excuse me, chapter 6, verse 5. And so if you were sharing the gospel with someone, you're sharing maybe this revelation with them for the first time, say, hey, I want to share a story with you from God's word. This is God's word, and this is his story and so Jesus is talking, it's a Sermon on the Mount, he's got all these people gathered around them, not quite as many people were at the Super Bowl this year, but, uh, but he had a good crowd for that day, and he's sharing with them this truth, and he says this to them about prayer. All right, so let's look at Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. He says, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by people. Now, by the way, it is not wrong to pray in public. It is okay to pray in public. But if you're doing it to just to be seen, to get people to notice you, hey, look at me, I'm a good Christian person, look at me praying, then that's the wrong motivation. So don't hear, hear what he's not saying, okay? It says, truly I tell you, they will have their reward. But when you pray, not if, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is, seen in, who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. 
Don't be like them because your father knows the things that you need before you ask them. So we don't have to pray a lot, but we need to pray. You know anybody, don't raise hand, don't point fingers, but you know anybody that just prays a long time? And you're just thinking, oh my gosh, just say amen. The food's getting cold. I'm going to have to take it, put it in the microwave and pray. Do I have to pray again after I eat it up again? I don't even know. You might know somebody like that. That might be you like, that are like that. And so then Jesus says, he gives them this model prayer. He says, now I want you to pray like this. Our Father in heaven. Now the CSB says it's a little bit different. It says, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then there's a the little doxology that's, that's put at the end. Some of you might find it in the King James Version of the Bible where it says, for that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It's just a, kind of like a little frosting on top of that prayer cake. It's just a beautiful little thing that some people say. And then he says, for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. And listen, that is so important. No matter how old you are, I see these precious little boys here, and they're brothers, and I'm sure there are times where they just kind of get out, get at it with one another, and they probably hurt each other physically and, and they're emotionally, maybe, you know, and then there's times where they have to say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sterling. I'm, I'm sorry, Cortland, or maybe it's Cortland saying he's sorry. I don't know. Poor Langston's just in the middle, you know. And but there's times we have to learn to forgive one another. And so you tell this story, and so after you tell the story, you, I, the little handout in your bowl, and if you got one, it says, in this story, what do we learn about God? All right, we're all together in this place. What do we learn about God in this story? Just give me something. He, God is holy, okay? We learn that he is holy. We see your name is honored above all. Your, your name is holy. What else do we learn about God? He knows what we need before we ask. He's serious. God's not joking around. Like he means what he says. Okay, what else do we know about God? He, he what? He forgives. He's a provider. Okay, that's good. That's good. We're learning about him. What else? He's a leader. What? He's a judge. Right. We don't like to view God that way, but like a good dad. Mm-hmm. He's overseeing the situation. Ian sometimes has to, to step in and be the judge. <laughs> yeah, not, a, not, pretty, not an easy job sometimes. All right, so we learn that about God. What do we learn about mankind in this story? What do we learn about human beings? We need to forgive. Boom. What else? We're sinners. You ain't talking about me, are you? I'm talking about yourself. All right, I'm talking about what else do we learn about man? It's not about us. It's about him, right? Okay. We need him. Okay. Is God concerned about our needs? Yeah. So we can trust him, right? Yeah. That's true. We can trust him. That's good. All right. So maybe you're having this conversation with someone. He said, hey, is there... Um, in this passage, this story that we just read, is there an example to follow? Right. What is the example? Yeah, he taught us how to pray. There's an example to pray, right? And there is a command to pray. There's a command to forgive. Okay? And so it's just an easy little diagram that you could use as you're telling this story 
out, that comes right out of Scripture. This is Jesus' words, and we use this. Now, all right, so in the time that we have left together, we're going to, we're going to talk about this prayer. So the first thing is, is what is prayer? Okay, it's a lot of different things, but for one, it's talking to God, our Father. It's a, having a conversation with God. And so I want you to repeat this after me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Awesome. Right, you don't have to keep repeating. Um, hallowed means holy other, like high and lifted up. No other name like this name. Like we, we, when we say his name, it's different than any other name on earth. I mean, Mahomes is great, but this name is better than Mahomes. In this kingdom, it's better. Right. She got offended. She walked out. She, belo- she loves Mahomes too much, right? No, she didn't. Sorry. You're like, man, I'm not moving. Brady's going to call me out. There's a bright, bright light in my eyes, but if I have my glasses on, I can see you. By the way, Fran, happy birthday. Fran turned 98 on Friday. Amen. And just like I told her on the phone, I love her too much to sing to her, all right? I will not do that to her. And so we're talking to the Father. We're having this conversation. He, he, he invites us to approach him as worthy, but as welcoming, like a father. Oh, man, last night it was so cool seeing all of the father-daughter dance pictures that popped up on Facebook, just one after the other. And man, way to go, dads. Way to go. Be there for your children. Teach that little girl how to be respected and loved. Raise the bar really high for that joker that's coming along. And you know who you are, all right? Some of you are that guy. All right, raise the bar high, dad. Say, this is what I expect. And if you can't get there, she's not yours. You're not welcome. All right, it's beautiful. So God is worthy, but he's welcoming. Um, 1 John 3, 1 says that, See what great love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. We're his children, so we can come to God like a child. I hope that my children know they can come to me as their father, and they can ask for anything. And believe me, they do, all right? They do. I love what it says in Matthew 7, uh, verse 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. So for anything, prayer is asking, seeking, knocking. That's what we do when we pray. Everybody say ask. Everybody say seek. Now look to the next person and knock on their head, like real soft. There you go, real soft. Knocking. Hello. McFly, McFly. Some of you got that reference. Some of you didn't. Who among you, listen, ever think about our dad? This is interactive for the kids, interactive for the kids, to keep them awake, all right? All of you got that pancake-like nap thing going on, starting to fade into your seats. Uh, Who among you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? If your son asks you for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. Or if he asks you for a fish, will you give him a snake? No, that's a terrible dad. Don't do that. If then you are, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him, right? We come to him, our Father, who is in heaven, holy and high and lifted up is your name. Prayer is asking, seeking, knocking. Prayer is a conversation with God. And in conversations, you have to have two things. You have to have talking and you have to have listening. Who of you need to be better at listening? Yeah, some of you are listening. Some of you are not, all right? 
You have to be better at listening. And now we have to be better at listening to what God says. In Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me. God's saying, call to me. That's prayer. And I will answer you and tell you great and incomprehensible things you do not know. Isn't that awesome? When we call to him, he answers us and he tells us things we do not know. That's the power of prayer. You know, God, here's how God answers us. He answers us, whoa, excuse me, in our thoughts, he will answer me in my tears. When I feel like the Holy Spirit comes, I just, I just start to cry. And that's kind of how God's speaking to me. That's something that's touched my heart. He'll answer us through his word. It's very important. That's one of the reasons. Like, if you don't know what to pray, just read his word to him. That, he loves it when he hears his word. Like, as a dad, I love it when my, when my kids remember what I tell them. And they, they, they quote me. Sometimes that's not very kind because they're making fun of me. But, but when they quote me, we hear him through our worship. Man, did you hear him at the, in the worship this morning? Man, did you hear God today? Oh, it's good. Uh, we hear him sometimes in our dreams. He speaks to us in our dreams. Maybe you've had a dream that's from the Lord and it's... Um, uh, so yesterday, I'll tell you a quick story. So yesterday, I was in Polo, Missouri. Anybody know where Polo, Missouri is? Yeah. Hey, what's up, my neighbors? Good to see you guys. All right, I'm a little ADHD. Sorry. This distracted. All right, here we go. Squirrel. But um, so I was at Polo, Missouri, and while I was there, I was there for a funeral visitation for a 25-year-old man who had lost his life in a car accident. Tragic. Had a three-year-old little daughter. I did uh, his dad's wedding not too long ago, just tragic. Stood in the visitation line for two and a half hours, and there's still 100 people behind me. That just tells you how many people love this guy. Um, but while I was in Polo, it made me think of a time when God spoke to me in a dream. And so I was, uh, we were getting ready to plant this church. It was June, uh, early June of 2014. We were going to launch our church the, the following Sunday on Father's Day. And uh, so you've heard, some of you heard the story before, but some of you haven't. But just, just the power of like when you pray and God answers us, and he kind of gets our attention in whatever way he can. I was, uh, my wife and I had had to cash out a, an IRA, which is a terrible idea at our age at that time. But that's the only thing we could do to pay our income tax. And we had money from that. We had tithe money. Six, we had 10% of that money set aside. Well, we had it set aside thinking we're going to need it to survive because we had, I just quit my job at Vineyard uh, Church and I was getting ready to start this church and I didn't have any income. That was the scariest time of our life. And I, uh, I had a dream that night that Rick Warren, a guy from the Saddleback Church in California who wrote the book Purpose Driven Life, appeared to me in a dream and told me to give that money to my church the following Sunday. And I was like, really, dude? Rick, for one, why are you in Kansas City? You're kind of a big deal. And he's like, oh, I just came to help out the pastor. He needed some help. And I was like, oh, okay. So that next morning I went into town, and the only place I could find a signal was right outside of Casey's, and I called my wife, which, by the way, I had a signal yesterday in the school, which is crazy. But I called my wife, and I told her, hey, you know that money we're holding on to? And uh, he's, she said, yeah. I said, uh, Rick Warren told us we need to give it to the church on Sunday. And she was, and, and the crazy thing was is she was like, I know. She always knows before me. Any other wives get that? Yeah. You always know. I don't know why you don't let it. Well, sometimes you do let us in on that, even when we don't want to know. All right? So, so she knew, and as soon as we agreed to do that, this is just a little segue into the giving talk that's coming here in a couple weeks. Like, do not not show up for the giving talk, all right? Because I know. Because you're going to be like, oh, he's going to be talking about money. 
As soon as we decided to give that money, later on that day, a lady wrote a check to my wife for $1,400 to pay our mortgage. God replaced almost every single penny of that just like that. And then later on, two days later, uh, the camp that I was speaking at gave me a check, paid me twice what they said they were going to pay me, and God gave me 200 plus 300 more. That's how he works. When you pray and when you trust him and when you give, all right? That, that's a segue. It's a separate sermon. It's not going to cost you anything. Just like those pancakes. It was free, all right? Sometimes it's words of knowledge or a prophetic word that somebody has for you. That, hey, Brady, I feel like God gave this to me and he wants to give it to you. And they'll share those words. Maybe you've had that happen to you before. And then God speaks to us through his creation. Did you guys see the sun set last night? It was red. I think it's a sign. I'm just claiming that right now in the name of Jesus, all right? Some of you are like, yes, finally. Brady's preaching something I can understand. All right, why do we pray? God hears us when we pray. And even though there are times when you don't feel like it, he does. He hears you when you pray. We pray for his kingdom to come, right? Not the red kingdom, but we pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth, right? Like it is in heaven. His greatest desire is for us to believe in the one that he has sent. That is God's will for your life, is to believe in Jesus. If you want to say, I want to know what God's will is, first start there. Believe in the one that he has sent and be a part of the kingdom. That's the best prayer you can pray. Prayer brings about salvation. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a prayer. When you call on the name of the Lord, Jesus, please save me. That may be the only thing that you can get out of your mouth. That is a prayer, and God answers those prayers. And prayer helps us in many of life's situations. Can I get an amen to that? All right? It brings us peace in the midst of chaos, comfort in the times of great heartache. Like when I was going through that line, I was praying, and I got up to the family and told them, hey, I don't know what else to say, but I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm praying for you to know the comfort of the God of all comfort. And they said, thank you. That means a lot. Thank you for praying for us. It uh, gives you direction in times that you need it, like Belinda was saying. It gives us wisdom. Bible says if you lack wisdom, you can ask God. That's prayer, and he will give it to you because he wants you to have wisdom. He wants you to make the right decision. When we pray, our minds and our hearts are transformed. And then people who have been transformed transform other people. Like when you have been changed, it affects those around you. Some of you, there are people with you today because you were a transformed person and you've affected them in a positive way. Hopefully as parents, you're transformed and your kids are seeing that and they're being impacted by that right now. When you pray, it, uh, it encourages people. Yesterday, Trisha and I ate at a place called Etcetera down off of Maine, 50-something in Maine, and the precious girl named Amber who waited on us was just, listen, I tell you this all the time. I don't do this every time, but I do that when I really feel like I'm supposed to do it, and I'll say, hey, Amber, if God could do a miracle in your life today, what would it be? And she said, wow, um, I'm taking this Spanish final in this class that I'm taking, and I really need to get a good grade on it. You know, that, that's simple, but that's her need. That's what she needed at the time. Do you think God's concerned about that? Yeah, he is. But God is concerned about Amber's heart. And so we, well, I held her hand. She's learning to be a holistic nurse, to touch people's lives and bless them. So I held her hand, and I said, God, bless Amber's hands, and then help her do well on the test. Amen. And go Chiefs. Amen. <laughs> there was every, everybody there was dressed in Chiefs gear. It was like this. It was great. Um, so, 
This is the confidence that we have before him. This is out of 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence that we have before God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. We know that he hears us when we pray, so don't stop praying. What would it look like if his kingdom and his will was to be done in our hearts, in our homes, in our community, in our world? Wouldn't that be something? Be powerful. How do we pray? By simply talking to him. We can pray alone. Jesus tells us, I read it in scripture, he tells us to pray alone in our closet. Pray to our Father in private. He'll see and reward you. We can pray corporately. We do that when we come here as a church. We pray the Lord's Prayer together corporately. It gives us courage when we pray together. Hopefully that does for you. I love this passage in chapter 4 of Acts. Listen to this. It says, Peter and John were arrested for talking about the resurrection of Jesus. They got in trouble for talking about this resurrection. Which, by the way, they couldn't stop talking about the resurrection. Man, people can't stop talking about the chiefs, but I can't stop talking about Jesus. I can't stop talking about what Jesus has done for me and the, the life that he gives us. And it says they, uh, they were put in prison. But after they were released, they went back to their own people. They went back to the church and reported everything that the chiefs, chief elders had told them. They said, don't talk anymore in this name of Jesus. Don't share anymore about the resurrection. They were like, yeah, right, good luck with that. And they went, and that's what they did. And when they, all the people heard this, they raised their voices together to God and they said this. I want you to repeat this after me. Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. That's the first thing that they prayed. It was awesome. Good job. Way to go. And then in verse 31, they prayed with boldness. It says, when they had prayed, the place they were, that where they were assembled was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God boldly. Oh, man. Oh, listen, if the chiefs win, or when the chiefs win, we're all going to be speaking boldly. Now, maybe not so much if they lose, but when they win, we're going to be all like, oh, yeah, that's my team. Chiefs, yeah, I've been cheering for them since I was a kid. You're going to be bold, but God says be bold about him. Speak boldly about Jesus. Because we come to him from a position of authority. Do you know that? Do you know that Christ raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenlies? That's where we pray from? A place of authority? Like sometimes we're like, oh, I'm just going to pray my little prayer. No, man, we're on the throne with Jesus. We can pray with power. Some of you don't get it. Some of you don't get it. You need to get it. All right. We can pray about our needs. All right, everybody repeat this after me. Give us today our daily bread. All right, good, good job. So we can pray about our dailies, the things we need each and every single day. And we can trust him, right, to provide those things. Right, Pat? We can trust that God's going to provide the things that we need. Remember the verse about the bread and stone? All right? You don't have to worry about having rocks for breakfast. He's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure that you have bread to eat. Not only bread to eat, he's going to make sure that you have everything that you need. He's going to make sure that you have peace in your heart. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, we're making our requests known to God. Do it with thanksgiving. Be grateful. Be, just be thankful for what we have. And then it says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We come to him in confession about our sin. All right, repeat this after me. 
Forgive us our sins. It's important that we confess because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the thing. If you confess, then he will forgive. But if you're so stubborn that you're not going to confess it and you're going to hold on to it and not admit it, then don't expect freedom. Don't expect it, David. It's not going to come. But you have to be the first one to take that step and confess to him. You know what? It might be important that we look to others to confide and to confess our sins to. The Bible actually says in James chapter 5 that healing comes when you confess your sin to somebody else. You might say, well, I've already taken care of it with the Father. Yeah, okay, you know what? That's actually, okay, it's pretty easy. But man, when you've got to sit down and look at your brother in the eye and say, hey, Steve, man, I've got to tell you. I've got to tell you about something I've done, and I'm so ashamed. Would you please forgive me for that? Would you walk with me through that? Man, that's where real healing comes. That's where the church becomes so important. The brothers and sisters in Christ become so important. We can, we can go to him and talk to him about the hard things. And here's the hard thing. Repeat this after me. As we forgive those who sinned against us. Man, but Jesus said, didn't he? At the end of the story, he said that you need to, that you actually have to. If you want God to forgive you, you need to be willing to do this. Who are we to say as human beings that we can't forgive those who have hurt us when a holy God is able and willing to forgive you? Easier said than done, Pastor Brady. Amen, I know. But it's powerful when you do it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 45, says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You're like, yes, love the Chiefs fans, hate the 49ers fans. But I tell you, it says, love your enemies Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, since rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. We are to love, to forgive those who have hurt us. What about in the body of Christ? What about with one another? In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, uh, that we should be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. You know where the best place you should be able to go to to find that kind of forgiveness is in the church? Do you know where sometimes it gets so ugly that people can't do that? It's in the church. Can I get an oh my? It's true sometimes. But it won't happen in this church. If I have anything to do about it or say about it. If we've hurt one another, you go to that person and you say, I'm sorry. You may need to do that before you leave today. <laughs> before you even walk out of this room and go sit down in your living room to watch the game today, you might say, you know what, I, need, I got some work to do. I got some things I need to take care of today. There are people who will not fill these seats because they have been hurt by people in the church and they will not come because somebody has treated them harshly. Now, listen, what I always say about that, though, is you can't judge, those, you can't judge Jesus by those people because Jesus is not those people. Your Jesus loves you and has died for you and for, has forgiven you, but yet those people sometimes are obstacles that get in the way. And if you're that obstacle, get out of the way and go take care of that today. Take care before the sun goes down because you know what? You might not have tomorrow. Just like that 25-year-old man who's headed to work in his car, just like every other day, he hit a sheet of ice and it was it. That was over. That's how quick life can be 
So don't let the sun go down on your anger and on your unforgiveness or your bitterness. It's just not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Repeat this after me. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. First Corinthians, we're almost done. First Corinthians chapter 10 says, For although we live in the flesh, which we all do, we do not wage war, we do not fight this battle according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but our weapons are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. You want to break down these strongholds? You want to deal with temptation in your flesh? You've got to be on your knees in prayer. You've got to go to the Father with it when you begin to feel this temptation. It says, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. You're struggling with temptation? You take that thought, you look it in the face, say, what are you trying to, what are you, what are you offering me? If I follow through with this temptation, what is it going to give me? Are you going to give me something better than Jesus is going to give me? And the answer is no. No. And you say, I'm done with this. And throw that away. Take care of it. Take it captive, but don't let it go free. You kill it. That's the enemy you can kill. You get rid of that temptation. You call up a brother. You call up a sister and say, I'm struggling in this area. Help me. Pray for me. Encourage me. Hold me accountable. Don't let me go. Because I'm struggling with this area in my life. And then, after you pray that, you finish it off with some praise because we say, God, it's about your kingdom, right? It's by your power, and it's for your glory. Like Dave said, it's not about us. It's about him. And then lastly, who should pray? Everyone. Sad thing is, is there are those who don't believe, and they think praying is wishful thinking. They think it's a crutch we lean on. They think it's, somebody, it's like people in the dark talking to nobody that's there. It's like worthless, but we say it is the direct link to the creator of the universe who loves us as a father, who has paid a price for us to know freedom. And because of that, we can confess and we can repent and we can be baptized, we can pray, we can receive the Lord's Supper, we can obey Jesus because what it is that he's done for us. Pray this prayer with me. Lord, teach us to pray. Give us pure motives. May your will be done in us. So here's your assignment. Start each and every day with prayer, giving thanks to God, presenting your requests to him. Like he wants to know what you need. He wants to answer your prayer. Maybe today you're here and you say, you know what, Brady, this is all foreign to me. I don't really, this is all kind of new. Well, maybe the first thing you need to pray is the shortest prayer in the Bible, and that is help. That is help. That is, Lord, save me. And he will be faithful to save you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about where you've been. You just have to trust him with where he's going to take you. And it's going to be beautiful. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, 
please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.